Hi, and welcome back to OA On Air via social distancing. I'm Kyan Isaacson. This week, Shakira Gregory and I speak to Diana Dukas, Manager of Economic Impact for Facebook. In a few minutes with Tom, Tom and I talk about reopening the economy and what it's going to take to get us there. Hi, I'm joined by my colleague, Shakir Gregory, and today we're talking to Diana Dukas, who is in charge of economic impact for Facebook. Diana, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So you have a very interesting role at Facebook um, on a on a regular day, but per, perhaps now more than ever, being tasked with economic impact at any organization is an even more important and perhaps challenging role. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what your job entails you know, perhaps normally, and then how it's changed since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic? Sure. So um, the role of economic impact, and there are many across the company that work on this very important issue, but it's really about how are we supporting the communities around us and building, um, helping people to create jobs and grow their businesses and innovate and and tap into that entrepreneurial spirit that they may have. And so a lot of the focus is how do we support small businesses um, in good times and in challenging ones? Um, How do we provide the best platform for them? How do we continuously help them adapt to our changes in technology. So whether that's how to better use Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp or any of our other services to help um, to create their businesses, to help communicate with their customers um, and to be that economic driver in their communities, that's what we're here to do. That's awesome. Um, I think that um, given, obviously, uh, you know, the self-quarantine that is happening globally right now, um, uh, platforms, particularly Facebook, um, are, are, are really taking the lead in terms of informing people and keeping them updated um, in ways that they can't, you know, uh, you know, traditionally. So I know that, for example, um, Facebook recently launched a COVID-19 symptom mapping tool. So I, I'm very interested to see, you know, what has that data showed so far, you know, and and how have you been kind of keeping um, keeping track of it and how has that tool helped? So exactly what you said about using the platform and bringing people together, that's been our mission and goal from the very beginning. And so you are seeing many people turn to Facebook and to our other platforms to find um, connectivity in this social isolation period. Um, obviously, this is really challenging and different for so many of us. And we're all kind of clamoring for and, and pining for that that connection. And we, we do hope that people are finding the platform to be useful in that way. But there are many opportunities for, for folks to feel that connection through our platforms. On the symptom survey, it's something that we recently launched uh, this week. In, the symptom survey is something that we launched as part of our Data for Good project. And it's in partnership with Carnegie Mellon. And it's to for uh, people to voluntarily opt in when they're prompted um, to help track their symptoms um, and if they are related to COVID. And so what an individual would, would do is that as prompted, they would check off whether they have any of the symptoms um, that are that are listed. And um, that information is then shared with Carnegie Mellon. 
on an anonymized basis. And I'll get back to that in a minute. But what's what we're able to do with this opt-in information is to really help map county by county where the spikes um, and presence of COVID may be. So to help better inform health uh you know, local um, and trusted health authorities and um, any and researchers as we're trying to track and defeat this disease. And as I and I, I did mention, um, the how we've how we've designed the survey is absolutely with uh, privacy in mind. And so from the beginning. Uh, no one, um, none of the information that is um, shared with us in terms of who took the survey is shared with our partners. And in the same way, um, we are not identifying um, those who are uh, taking the survey. It is completely anonymized. That's fantastic. And I, um, I know that, you know, platforms can get, um, they, they basically have access based off of their user base to a lot of metadata that I think is going to be really critical when you look at the um, person by person impacts of this. And I know that, you know, almost everyone has a personal connection. So that's, that's a fantastic tool um, that you're, you're launching in partnership with Carnegie Mellon. And I think um, Facebook in particular, um, honestly, I think I've been on Facebook for almost 10 to 12 years now. (laughs) But um, from, from, from the start, Facebook has been all about connecting people and finding new ways to connect people. And I think that that is not only just on the individual level, but it also, um, while combating isolation, it's also a tool for businesses. And I, I, I mean, for our clients in particular, we have noticed an uptick in you know folks who are really, really um, using uh, platforms like Facebook to um, to advertise their services and to connect with potential uh, consumers like never before. So have have you, you know, obviously from a top down level, have you seen a large uptick in how people and businesses are utilizing Facebook? And, um, you know, same question for, say, municipalities for things like local alerts and keeping people informed. We are very glad to be a resource for for small businesses and municipalities and our our customers and uh, users all across the board. And so um, we have we have seen people turn to the platform um, to transition their businesses a little bit. So you have seen uh, musicians host concerts. You've seen businesses use our gift card tool and our fundraising tool. You have seen communities of faith turn to our faith hub um, where they can worship alongside their communities. Um, but of course, all from being online and being at home or wherever they are. Um, and so we are, we are seeing people finding incredibly creative ways to turn to the platform to combat this social isolation. And I'm very glad that you mentioned the small business piece, especially as we are very proud to um, want to support and do support the small business community. Um, As we know, small businesses are the backbone of our economy. And as soon as we saw that COVID was going to have the type I don't know that we would have imagined this, this type of economic impact, but as soon as we saw that how this was going to be such a challenge for the small business community, we decided to do a couple of things. So one, we created a business resource hub where you can go on to our website at facebook.com backslash business. And there's a full uh, website that will have um, tips and tools and guidelines so to help uh, small businesses navigate during this challenging time. So we have a resiliency toolkit 
We have sector by sector guides. So whether you're in retail or a restaurant or in e-commerce already, you know, um, providing these guides and resources to help navigate what might be particularly challenging for you and your sector. We also have a couple of um, external links to external partners that have also helpful guides like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and, of course, uh, the U.S. government. And what we also decided to do was to invest um, and commit to a $100 million small business uh, grant program uh, globally. And so we have $40 million that's allocated to the U.S. And we're very proud that as we are a Massachusetts business and having a presence in the Boston region, um, we are committing $625,000, which will help 156 local small businesses in the area. The applications in the Boston region actually went live on this past Wednesday. Um, and you can find the resource at and the application at facebook.com backslash grants for business. And it will bring you to our partner site, which is um, our partner is Eureka, a third party vendor that is helping us manage this process. And you will be able to, as a for-profit business, go on and apply. There are a couple of um, key details to the program that I'd like to kind of walk through. Um, the the program um, is eligible for businesses who uh, who employ between two and 50 employees. And if you are the founder, please count yourself in that count. You do have to be a for-profit business. You do have to be located in the Boston region. And there's a list of eligible zip codes that you can find on the application site to see if your um, business is headquartered in one of those eligible locations. Um, it is also important for us to know that you do not have to be a user of Facebook or Instagram or any of our other services to be eligible for this grant. We know that um, small businesses across the board, not just the ones that are use our platforms, um, are finding themselves in a challenging time. So regardless if you use our platforms or not, you would still be eligible for this grant. I also want to point out that we are placing special emphasis on minority-owned and women-owned businesses. We know that getting access to capital, especially during these challenging times, is even potentially even more difficult. So we want to make sure that we're supporting as many people as we possibly can. Um, and so, and then there are a couple of other tools on the business side, um, like a gift card product and a fundraising tool, temporary service changes um, uh, applications. But um, we're proud to continue to. Uh, support the small business community in any way we can. That's amazing. Um, do, do you mind if I ask one uh, tiny question? <laughs> uh, so I feel like a lot of small businesses um, don't um, get to, you know, hear from the platform themselves. So, mm -hmm. you know, in, in terms of the algorithm and best practices on Facebook, what would you recommend for businesses, small businesses, given um, obviously the, the posting landscape right now and what people are focused on? Like, what have you seen and what would you recommend to small businesses? I would actually point you back and um, the small businesses who are listening, point you back to our resource hub. So online and on that hub, we actually have a... Um, e-curriculum and digital skills, digital marketing um, curriculum that is, is open to anyone. Um, and that will provide some very helpful tips and tools on how to best um, navigate during this crisis. All right. That's, that's fantastic. And um, I think a lot of small businesses who are listening right now definitely should try it out because, you know, it's, it's platforms like Facebook that are keeping us connected, even though we are apart. So. Thank you for that. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, I can I can say personally, the uh, Facebook Kids app um, has been such a fun thing for for my son in terms of the, of all of this and getting him connected, which was something I you know we hadn't really utilized because he's so young. But now with all of these kids apart, we I, between everyone we just saw this influx of requests and and pinging, and now um, he and his friends and people he hasn't some he even hasn't seen in a while are um, you know sending it sending stickers and doing their FaceTimes and it's um it's been really special to see just sort of for the little ones how Facebook is adapted to be helpful for them and a good tool all the way you know to your point to small businesses and and even larger businesses um the the mission to keep people connected has really never been more important than ever so um we really appreciate you taking the time to come out and speak with us Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Kanye. Hi, Tom. Welcome to what number show might this be? Two minutes with. with I don't know. We've gone we've gone rogue in this uh, world of social distancing. So you know, okay. number numbers are meaningless. Just like the you know the days have no end, and right. Right. <laughs> we we stopped yeah. counting. Today today is every day. That's exactly right. Exactly. Yes. Anyway, I mean, <clears throat> the, the the world grows bleaker in Boston and Massachusetts. I mean, the the total the total number of 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 people passing is um, is higher than it's than it's been. Both the mayor and the governor have strongly suggested that after it levels out, the curve, as they refer to it, the curve in the surge levels out. And it starts to descend. Then there's a, a two to three week period of time where they want everybody to just stay in place, stay as isolated as you can, and see if we can't get this thing down to to a point where people can begin to operate with with a degree of normalcy, whatever that happens to be. So we're probably a month to six weeks off decisions. Um, and you know the, the the mayor and the governor have said that no school the schools will be closed for the remainder of this year. It looks like in some in some places um, camps will be closed for most of the summer right now. Um, nobody knows really what the effect is going to be on higher education. Some people have in higher education have already thought about not opening for the September. Uh, semester. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. I think some schools are also making plans as to figure out how they can open and under what protocols will they use in order to get open. Um, the tourism trade has been really hit diff in, a, in a very tough way. Um, you know, the Cape is, is, is uh, reliant on, on travel and tourism. In New England, it's the fourth largest industry. Whether you're skiing in winter or whether you're just going for an autumn ride in the in the hills of Massachusetts or the mountains of Vermont or New Hampshire or Maine, um, or, or whether it's just enjoying the seashore or a lake anywhere in New England, that's it's a major industry and it's a major hit. And when you add the normalcy thought of so when do bars and restaurants really open? When do people get to a point where they feel comfortable enough to go out with their wife or their their spouse or their family uh, or, or their friends 
that that comfort level has yet to be figured out. I think um, as we were talking before the broadcast, you know, what are you doing? You're 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 in a safer place than than than, than some of us. Thank God, but you know, you're still helping the local economy and still people are paying attention to it. Um, but when do people get back to normal? Anywhere. It's uh, it's kind of a, nobody knows. Nobody really knows. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about it at the workplace. My 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 company, our company, O'Neill and Associates. Um, you know, when is it somebody's going to feel comfortable enough to get in a bus to go to work? When is it that somebody wants to go to work in, in, in bunches with, you know, with people who are with 30 other people. Mm-hmm. When does that comfort level arrive and, and who makes that decision? You know, I, I ask myself, when is it I'm going to go out with my wife to a restaurant and feel comfortable in doing it? I, I'm not sure I have the answer to that. I know this. It's not today. And, and, I, and it's probably not in the next week or six a month or six weeks. Um, and, and so I think people are wrestling with this. And trying to figure it out. On the other hand, I do think that most of the governors around the country have given terrific leadership. Charlie Baker here in this state, and I think all the governors in New England are kind of, you know, rounding the wagons, making sure that they're all on the same page, talking about the same message points, so that one isn't tripping over the other or sending residents into New Hampshire to play golf when they can't play golf in Maine or or Massachusetts. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things in the way of policy decisions that are being made in tandem on a regional level. And there are seven states in the Northeast that are doing it, and it's really very important. Anyway, I, 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 I don't want to ramble. I, I just want to be helpful. And uh, I guess as indecisive as I am about the company coming back to a normal state, I, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest on the, on the shoulders of people who work with me to tell me what their comfort level is. Yeah. Well, and I think that the governor made a really good point, too, when we talk about reopening in, mm-hmm. in schools. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as long as schools are closed, that changes the game for everyone in terms of, OK, even if our economy starts to open back up again and, and life starts to go a little bit back to normal, all of these parents, you know, myself included, are now in a spot of, OK, but my child is still home. Sure. Sure. Being homeschooled, um, you know, so. and daycare centers have been have, have been have been shut down mm-hmm. at least into the better part of the summer. Yeah. So that again, it's just another pressure point for parents that are working. You know, have got to face and figure out, and so do employers. Um, mm-hmm. But it's you know, I think the remarkable thing, Cayenne, is you know, I really do have a strong belief in the work ethic of working remotely on the part of the people that we're working with uh, and getting things done. It doesn't mean that things haven't slowed down. It doesn't mean that we haven't lost clients or been, or been put on furlough by a couple of clients. We've had a few clients come through the door. But you, you can just feel this, the stagnancy of people wanting to reach into their pocket to pay for a good, a service, uh, or anything else. Um, and you know, that's the thing we have to watch. So you know, as we figure it all out, you know, we'll... we'll and we all will figure it out. And, and I and I have one one thought in, 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 that I'm going to stick with. There will be a brighter day. That I guarantee you. And we'll all get to to it together. Yeah, the obstacle is to just stay healthy and be happy. I like that brighter day. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that one with me. 
Well, it's a good note to end up on, isn't it? I think we've thank you. Our allotted two minutes, Diane. Thank you very much. I thank appreciate you. it. Okay. On behalf of all of us here at O'Neill and Associates, we hope you and your families are staying safe and healthy. We're proud to continue our work during this time and we'll continue doing everything we can to keep you updated. For daily city, state, and federal updates on the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, please check out our website where updates are posted every morning. Talk to you next week.